This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. side of midnight i'm superstar frank morano isn't it great to have baseball back on television i know it's only spring training i know it's only the preseason i know these are only exhibition games but it was just something so fun yesterday afternoon about seeing the mets on television uh, it's just so so great there's something about Baseball baseball is just still so great. Even with all the, the meddling they've done with it, and I respectfully disagree with Robert Wall about all the rules changes. Some of them, uh, I think, are good. Some are not so great. But uh, it's so wonderful to see baseball again. The start of baseball spring training is usually characterized by people that are, like me, cooped up Northeasterners getting sunburned in either Florida or Arizona. That's what Chris Christie's doing. Chris Christie is down there at Mets Spring Training. This, by the way, today is the eighth anniversary of when he endorsed Donald Trump for president. But he's down there at uh, Mets Spring Training. And this year, though, there's a whole new controversy. This year, spring training is being consumed by a controversy around... The uniform. Ahead of the 2024 season, Major League Baseball rolled out its new Nike Vapor Premier on-field jerseys. But instead, instead of softer and more breathable fabric, which Nike said it would deliver, a lot of players are finding that their new uniform more closely resembles a knockoff jersey from TJ Maxx. In addition, in addition to complaining about the poor fit and poor quality, players are upset about the jersey's smaller lettering and the loss of classic stitching and embroidery. I'd be ticked off too. The new uniforms also don't allow for tailored pants, which players rely upon, since they often don't fit into typical size proportions. Baseball fans, by the way, are not crazy about these changes either. Although Nike designed the jerseys, fans are blasting the manufacturer. The sports merchandise conglomerate Fanatics is the one that manufactured these jerseys. The company's been criticized for its growing dominance over sport over the sportswear industry. And many fans blame it for A, higher prices, B, lower quality, C, fewer options. Both CNN and The Athletic reported that Fanatics... Declined to comment on this controversy. So players are, uh, they're for real about this. They took the issue to the Major League Baseball Players Association, which said it hopes to fix the jersey situation before the start of the regular season in five weeks. We'll see where it goes. Obviously, this reminds me of the ill-fated effort by George Costanza, the assistant to the traveling secretary of the New York Yankees, back when Buck Showalter was managing the team, and George Costanza's efforts to have the Yankees' uniforms changed because he felt they should be playing in a natural fiber. You remember, I think it was uh, George interacts with one of the Yankee players. I think it was Danny Tartable, and Tartable is perspiring. Tartable's hot. So George has a solution. And he speaks to Buck Showalter about it. Talk to you for a second. 
How's everything going? Everything okay? Well, you know, all of a sudden there's a problem with tortable swing, but... <laughs> Listen, Buck, I, uh, obviously I haven't even talked to you about the importance of player morale, but, uh, I've been talking to some of the guys, and some of them, I don't want to mention any names, but some of them are not too happy with the polyester uniforms. How so? Well, they get very hot in the polyester. You know, it's not a natural fiber. I think they would prefer cotton. Cotton breathes. You see, it, it, it's much softer. I mean, imagine playing games and your team is five degrees cooler than the other team. Don't you think that would be an advantage? They're cooler, they're more comfortable, they're happier. They're going to play better. You may have something there, George. Oh, I've got something. <laughs> hmm, cotton uniforms. And the Yankees take the field. And so you remember it did not work out as George had expected. I feel like Nike and Fanatics, they might be the George Costanza of 2024 real life Major League Baseball. Comment if you like, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. But I'm excited that baseball is uh, is back, certainly. Um, you know what I want to talk about tomorrow? We're not going to have time to get into this today because I feel like it requires a little bit of exposition and perspective. Front page story, Sunday's New York Times, really disturbing about the use of social media to post photos of young girls and some of the comments that are being made on these pages that are run by these girls' parents. We're going to get into that tomorrow. Be prepared. Saturday was an interesting day. In the presidential race, uh, because uh, Donald Trump won the South Carolina primary in a landslide, it was interesting. It's interesting for a few reasons. One is because Nikki Haley insists that she's staying in the race. There are huge numbers of voters in our Republican primaries who are saying they want an alternative. I'm not giving up this fight when a majority of Americans disapprove of both Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I, uh, I'm not a Nikki Haley fan politically. I would never vote for her, but I'm glad she's staying in the race. I am glad she's staying in the race because one of the things that's so frustrating is w- whether you're Democrat or Republican or independent, there's all these candidates at the beginning of the process. There's 20 candidates for the Republicans, 20 candidates for the Democrats. A lot of people you might like, a lot of people you might vote for. And yet, half of them drop out after the Iowa straw poll. Uh, another half, uh, the you know, of the remaining candidates, another half drop out after the Iowa caucus. Then a third drop out after the New Hampshire primary. Then some more drop out after South Carolina. And by the time you finally get to vote, if you're not in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, or Nevada, the candidates are all out. All the candidates you like are gone. So I think it's a shame, and I recognize, I just hate the way primaries are structured with respect to the presidential race these days. So my my ideal is more choices and more voices. I want as many candidates in there as possible. Give me a choice. So, you know, Nikki Haley clearly does speak to a certain constituency that exists within the Republican Republican Party. She's kind of an old-school Republican. Old-school not meaning a Rockefeller Republican, but a Mitt Romney, George W. Bush, John McCain Republican. And not at all the kind of Republican that I would vote for. But there's still a substantial amount of them in the party. So why why shouldn't she run? What I don't understand, honestly, and I'm not being facetious or provocative here, I don't understand why she's doing this. I don't understand what she gains by staying in the race. Now, she, she up until recently, was having no problem raising money. She was backed by the Koch brothers and others. And it looked like, um, you know, if you that's usually the obstacle to running in these presidential races is you don't have the money to pay a staff. You don't have the money to travel. You don't have the money to run TV. So what's the point? How are you going to fund? As Al Sharpton famously said on uh, Saturday Night Live 20 years ago, presidential campaigns don't fund themselves. So um, in January, though, she raised more money than Trump did. She is having no trouble raising money. What I don't get is why she's doing it. Clearly, she's heading for a big loss 
in Michigan. She's going to be mathematically eliminated from this race come Super Tuesday. So what does uh, what does she gain by staying in this? Is she out there to promote a certain ideology or message? Is she out there to raise her own profile so that she can get a lucrative gig as a media commentator? Is she out there to raise her own profile so that she can write a book and sell more copies of her book? Is is she does she have some personal loyalty to her campaign staff? She wants to find a way to keep paying them. I don't get I mean clearly the longer she stays in this race, the less likely it is that she'll be considered either for the vice presidency or for a cabinet position. So what does she gain by staying in this? Um that's what I can't figure out. You know, there was a movie, there was a book. The book is much more famous, but then it was a, a, a made-for-TV movie, which is decent. It's called What Makes Sammy Run, and it was really well done. And you have this character, Sammy Glick, who's very driven, totally amoral, and you look at this character and you can see some parallels to other people in your own life and on the public scene. And there's this other character that's observing Sammy's rise. And he tells one of the other people that he just doesn't understand why Sammy does it. And he says, then uh, this is where the title of the book comes from, what makes Sammy run? And that's kind of what I don't get about Nikki Haley. What's to be gained by doing this? I don't understand, honestly. And I followed politics for a long time. You know, when Dennis Kucinich stayed in the presidential race in 2004 after he was um, not going to win the nomination, it was clear why he was doing it. Uh, Alan Keyes, same thing. Not at all clear to me what Nikki Haley is doing and or why. If you have a thought, I'd love to hear it. 800-848-9222. The other issue uh, vis-a-vis the presidential race that puzzles me each day Oh, oh, just before we move on, I did get an alert, and our friend Charlie, who's a very prominent politico in his own right, sent me this article right before the show. Um, The Koch brothers, who have been some of Nikki Haley's biggest fundraisers, they announced that they're pulling the money from Nikki Haley, and they're instead going to be concentrating on the congressional races. So maybe now that this Koch brothers spigot of money is pulling out, maybe now she will reconsider her decision to stay in. I don't know. The other thing that I do not understand for the life of me is how or why President Biden is staying in this race. I don't understand why he wants to do this. Uh, And I say this to someone in real life every day, and I've said some similar things on this show. Now, let's say you're a Biden supporter. Let's say you love everything Biden has done and you think he's a good man. All the more reason he should not be running for re-election. If you're a big Biden fan and you're Biden, right? let's say you're Biden and you believe you've done everything right. You could go to the public and say, look, I have accomplished in one term everything that I hope to do. I rescued the country from Donald Trump. I helped restore American respect among leaders abroad. I um, have uh, stood the course against Russian aggression in Ukraine. I've stayed with Israel in their fight against Gaza. I've ended the longest war in American history. I appointed the first black woman to the U.S. Supreme Court. I oversaw the end of the COVID pandemic and the uh, and the vaccination program. I, I saw, got more legislation passed than any Democratic president since FDR. Signed the CHIPS Act. Signed the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, yeah, saw the economy and the stock market soar to new heights. What, and on a personal level, he could pardon his son, be done with this whole Hunter Biden thing, and have his son be done with it, and not have to care what anybody thinks about him pardoning his son. Because, look, every father and son is close. There is no one closer than Joe and Hunter Biden to one another. 
the bonding that these two have had first over Hunter's mother's death, Joe's health issues, um, Hunter's drug addiction, and then Bo, uh, Hunter's brother's death, it's like nothing that m- people can imagine. I mean, if you've been through something similar, maybe you can imagine. They're kind of almost more, uh, they, they have an incredibly close relationship. And to think that Joe Biden could make this all go away tomorrow and he's not is amazing to me. He would get Secret Service protection for the rest of his life, free mail for the rest of his life, a pension, free office space. He could write a book and uh, get the book ghostwritten again, make millions, get paid close to a million dollars a speech, probably have an influence on whoever the next Democratic nominee is. And yet he is still, at least for now, staying in this presidential race. I don't get it. Why does he, or if he's not making his own decisions, why does Jill or anybody that he listens to, why do they want him to do this? Because if Joe Biden, if you believe he has been a positive influence on this country, Every day that he prolongs this campaign and his presidency, he's damaging his legacy further. Uh, Someone who I thought made the case very effectively is a guy that really likes Joe Biden and really likes and really dislikes Donald Trump. And that was Bob Costas. He was on CNN on uh, Saturday on Michael Michael Smirconish's show. And this is what Bob Costas had to say about why Biden should not be out there and should not be running. Gavin Newsom frequently goes on these programs like yours uh, and makes a very articulate and detailed case for President Biden. But all it makes me and millions of others think is Biden is incapable of uttering even two consecutive sentences of the five perfect paragraphs that Newsom just put together. And I think Nate Silver, you quoted earlier, Uh, saying that he's got to get out there and do four interviews with unfriendly or at least uh, down the middle, not softball interviews. But the problem with that is his own staff knows that he has to be bubble wrapped, that he can't do a Super Bowl interview. It's sad to say Biden is obviously on balance, a decent man. He served his country. And no matter what, sane people will vote for him over Trump. But it's a hell of a risk to send this guy out there. Trump is a monster. You shouldn't send this guy out there at this point in his life to try and slay the dragon. I want to emphasize Biden doesn't like Trump at all. He called uh, Trump supporters cultish and delusional and deranged and all sorts of other things. And he likes Biden. And even he's saying Biden should not be doing this. The only thing I've seen that even comes close to approaching an answer as to why Biden is staying in this race is he apparently believes he's the only Democrat that um, can beat Trump. I disagree. I think other than Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden is the weakest possible Democratic nominee against Trump. I think if they were to replace him at the convention with anybody else, they'd be much better off, much better off. Gavin Newsom, who you heard Bob Costas mention there, was on Meet the Press on Sunday, and he was talking about Nikki Haley. He says he hopes Nikki Haley stays in the race. I mean, she's defining the opposition to Trump incredibly effectively. I mean, she's making points I'm applauding every single day about his temperament, his capacity, uh, his you know unraveling in real time. Uh, and so I think it's I think she's been incredibly effective. So I hope she stays in personally. So I, I try not to get too into electoral politics on this show because so many almost every other show does that. But um, I figured, you know, it's not every Monday that we air following the South Carolina primary. And those are really kind of the two questions that have been lingering in my mind. What makes Haley run and why does Biden want to do this? We know why Trump wants to do this, right? I mean, for Trump, he's running for his freedom and he's running for the restoration of his financial empire, right? He has to do this. Biden doesn't. And Haley, I just do not understand. I don't understand at all. Um, The other thing, you know, we'll get into that another day, um, what I was going to mention. The the other thing um, 
Well, we'll get into that tomorrow. I won't, I won't spoil it. A lot of people eager to t- chat. 800-848-9222. Noam Layden is here. We'll chat with him in a bit as well. But first, let me say hello to Jim in Nutley. Hi, Jim. Hi, Frank. Hey, it's regarding Nikki Haley. I think she's staying in the race because I think she believes that Trump is either going to be locked up or he's not going to be able to be the, uh, the nominee. That, that's that's what I would figure. And uh, also, I think well, well, Republicans— Jim, let me interrupt there, and then I'll let you make whatever point you were, you're going to make. Okay. Let's say your scenario is correct, because that's what I've heard a lot of people say, that Trump is going to have to step away because of either health issues, uh, criminal issues, or, you know, whatever issues. I, I mean, look, the, he's already got more issues than most candidates in history have ever had to deal with. If that's the case, I cannot see the delegates that are pledged to Trump. I don't see even if he goes to prison, I see these um, the voters in these states still voting for the Trump delegates. And if he drops out before the convention, let's say, I don't see the Trump delegates selecting Haley. I think now the animosity from the Trump side of the world towards Haley is so great that I don't think they would pick Haley. I think they'd pick, uh, I don't know, Byron Donalds or uh, or any of a number of other candidates, even uh, a guy like Tim Scott. Do you, So in her brain, how does she think she's getting the Trump delegates? Well, I, act, I absolutely see your point because I, I thought the same thing, but um, I don't know. I think she still thinks she has a shot. But and as far as Republicans going after Biden, I think they should kind of stop that because he's, he, to me, he's the weakest candidate. Uh, Jim, I mean, you're exactly right. I said that. I don't know if you heard the show that I did after the her report came out. I said every Republican that is cheering this her report as good news for them politically is making a tremendous miscalculation because whomever they replace Biden with will be a stronger candidate. I agree with you completely on that front, Jim. Eight hundred eight four eight. 9222-800-848-9222. Joe is in the Queens. Hello, Joe. Yeah, Frank. Uh, I like the 99 Balloons song. Check out the song First Love Fire by Leland for a woman's voice. That's exquisite. Uh, two comments. First on the interview, uh, I really liked it. Uh, it does what your appetite, but you, uh, I, for the book, because you would really need to understand what exactly was done in the design of these planes that might have involved shortcuts on design or, or making it too fast. So you would have to have a book for that, really. Uh, and then on the commendations, it was interesting, uh, two parts about the marathon. Once, when I ran the New York Marathon, I'm more with the average runners. There was a guy running, and he said he was like 40 from Africa and bare feet. And I asked him, this is at mile 18, what's the story with the bare feet? He said he had built, he had done that in Africa. You know, now he's a little bit older, and he just, they were so strong. And I was thinking, even if you went over the roads with a fine comb, I wouldn't want to be... Uh, oh. running in bare feet no way. anywhere. And I was thinking of the guy that was walking in bare feet 3,000 miles. I don't think he's going to make it, Frank. You, you can't walk bare feet 3,000 miles. We'll see. I mean, I mean, he's got a long track record of walking barefoot in great yeah. distances. Not this far, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, great interview. I think on the Biden thing, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's physically possible for him to run. Uh, so, you know, you've got to negate anything that's said by anybody. It's just not physically possible. Right, but every day that he has not dropped out, it becomes more likely that he's staying in. So when does he drop out? Does he drop out before the convention? Does he drop out after the convention? Because as Yogi would say, it's getting late early. Right, exactly. And, and it's, it's really just a lack of respect for the general public and everybody else that he... That, that his whole team has him in there, it, it, and for the country itself. All right. Uh, thank you, Joe. I still don't necessarily have a good answer to either of the two questions that I posed, which is, one, what makes Haley run? Although, again, the news last night that the Koch brothers are pulling the f- plug on her funding, I have a feeling may lead her to reconsider. And, two, why does Biden want to do this? 
at this point in his life, he'd be much better off financially. He'd be much better off in terms of stress. So would every single member of his family. You think James Biden would be getting hauled before congressional committees if uh, his brother wasn't running for re-election? No way. You think, I, it's, I don't get it. 800-848-9222. Pete, what's on your mind? Hey, Frank, you know, on that thing why Haley's running, I was at a wedding, a family wedding, and I met a judge who was from California. He uh, excused himself from that case, and Edo took over because he said that he would have to, after the case, from the OJ case. Yeah, the OJ thing. I met the judge. He was at the wedding with us. He sat at my table, and he was telling me about how he excused himself, and him and his wife, uh, after long consideration, they said they would have to probably move to some deserted island, you know. And, uh, you know, he said, you know, big book deal, you know, that uh, that he was found innocent. I mean, you know, if he was found guilty, forget about it. There wouldn't be no book deal. And Marsha Clark, she had a big book deal, and he loved it. So I think the book deal is the thing, and that also in the back burner that maybe uh, Trump would be, uh, you know, knocked out. He'd be excused from the... Uh, running with everything that's going on, but I hope not because I'm a, a huge uh, Trump supporter. So Pete, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let me squeeze in one or two calls here before we get to know him later. Frank is calling from K-Dawn in Las Vegas. Hey, Frank. Last last in for Stout, superstar. Uh, again, I got to thank you for outing uh, uh, Bob Costas. Used to be a big fan. I I I I, I used to be a big Cheryl Crow fan, but uh, a great book. Liberalism is a mental disorder. So uh, I got to scratch Costas off. Well, let me my, ask you uh, though, Frank. I mean, uh, obviously, it sounds like you disagree with Bob Costas uh, politically, which I I understand. But if you enjoy him as a sportscaster, why not continue to enjoy him as a sportscaster, even if you might disagree with his political uh, opinions? A fair question. Our, our country's in peril. Mm. And you don't have a right to be a Marxist communist in this country as well. Um, uh, Islam does not believe, belong on, on these territories. Their, their ultimate goal is global domination. If you're not Islam, you're stoned or beheaded or thrown off a, a high rise. That's why. And uh, I, I'm, I'm an old soldier superstar. I gotcha. Uh, Did you have another con- uh, a comment, Frank? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting right through, you, you know, to your audience. Um, it may not be your favorite sport. It used to be America's game. But if you get a chance, and it, it really broke our heart in Southern Cal when the, uh, um, uh, the Palm Springs used to do the spring training. Um, it is such a blast to go to uh, baseball spring training. It, it's like being at a high school and, uh, you know, a, um, a, a, a little league uh, playoff game. And, and you're so close to the to the players and seeing the guys try to live the dream. Uh, real quick on baseball superstar, my cousin, he lasted long enough to get a, a major league baseball pension, oh. which is five. Uh, hello? How? Oh, that's great. I mean, that's very impressive. Yeah, well, uh, uh, five, five, five years to get a major league pension. But he pulled me aside and he goes, cousin, I'm going to go a little Debbie Downer on you on professional sports. He pulled me aside. He said, Frank, it, it's not going to the bigs and the majors anymore. It's, it's called going to the show. And uh, uh, my, my original thing was uh, you brought up uh, Panama immediately, the greatest jockey, and my dad losing my college money at the track, uh, Lafitte Pinkai Jr. But I remember the 60 minutes, I, uh, uh, the president of Panama said he'd catch a wink from the Soviet Union, and I believe it was Carter that gave uh, uh, the Panama Canal away. Uh, to to Panama and and now the Chinese are running it. I'll take your response on the radio. Well, Thanks for the time, hey, pal. Thank oh, you, Frank. I, oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were done. And no, you had more. I, uh, you know, it's true. Panama does run the canal now. I, uh, I, I can't speak to what China is doing just because I'm not up on that. But look, China is is flexing their international muscle more so than they have, I think, at any time. Since 1949, so uh, I don't know. Uh, wouldn't shock me if they were exercising some influence in Panama. But I'm going to be totally honest. I don't know that much about what's going on with that canal. One more call, then we'll get to know him. And those of you that are holding, I'll try and get to you a bit later. David is in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hey, David. 
Yes, and I'll actually stick to the topics at hand. Um, My issue with what you've been going on about is that this is something that you seem to be obsessed with, bashing President Biden because of his age. All right. He's 81 years old. Donald Trump is soon going to be 78 years old. I don't know if you heard the ridiculous and demented comments that Trump made at that black conservative conference over the weekend. The things that he said that because the lights were so bright, he couldn't see the black. He couldn't see the white people in the audience. What is wrong with that man? Donald Trump is clearly suffering from some form of dementia. His father had Alzheimer's. Okay, there's a family history. And yet you never talk about that. I never hear about any of Donald Trump's slip up on any of these conservative stations. Well, first of all, David, they're doing a disservice. First of all, David, doing a disservice to your listeners by not bringing this topic up ever. First of all, David, I did mention and play the audio when he confused Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi. I mentioned when he confused uh, Barack Obama with Hillary Clinton. I mentioned when he confused World War II and World War III. I have mentioned all those things. I guess what's different about Trump as opposed to Biden is um, because I do agree. I think there's been I don't agree necessarily with, with the the extent to what you're saying about uh, Trump's mental decline. But if you look at interviews that he's doing now, Trump versus where he was in, say, the year 2000, he, he is not as sharp as he was in 2000. And anybody that says that he was is not being honest. I think the difference on the part of uh, Biden versus Trump is that there don't seem to be many people on Trump's side who are publicly saying, we love you, but it's time to go. Whereas in the case of Biden, you have uh, the editorial page of the New York Times, you have Bob Costas, you have Dean Phillips, you have uh, Bill Maher, you have all these people on, on the left who voted for Biden, all saying he's done a great job, but he's too much of a liability, either because of his poll numbers or because of the, if either the uh, the age or the perceptions about his age. Even James Carville, um, who is uh, you know certainly a partisan Democrat who likes Biden and voted for Biden, he said the only reasonable conclusion you can draw from not doing the Super Bowl interview is that his staff doesn't trust him to do it. Uh, Paul Begala saying uh, that he found the analyses in the um, the her report very disturbing and paraphrasing. There's nobody that has been a historical Trump supporter that is publicly saying the same thing about Trump. I guess that's the difference. Yeah. You know what, though? This is the issue, though. Trump is surrounded. And let's be honest, Frank, it's a cult. These people will follow Donald Trump off of a cliff, some of them. Some of them died on January 6th because they believe so much in this man. You know who I'm talking about. That is a problem. Joseph Biden does not have that kind of support. He never has. Democrats do not follow people like that. We're not obsessed with with, um, Joe Biden as a personality. If Joe Biden was accused of half the things Donald Trump was, I would abandon him in a second because I would not follow somebody like that. Donald Trump said he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue, and apparently he can do almost anything, including that. That is a problem for the Republican Party going forward. And Nikki Haley, I don't like her. I've said it many times. I don't understand why she's still in this race because she's basically killed her future political career by staying in. Right. That's what I I can't figure out either. I guess she's got nothing to lose. I guess that's the only reason she's still in it. Right. But still, it takes a lot of time, energy and effort that she could be using for anything else. You know, her family, her profession, uh, setting herself up for another run for something. I I just don't get it at all. And, and, And this is the last thing I'll say and then we'll move on to Gnome. And this is why I don't like getting into politics because um, it does become so tribalistic. But I really think the best way to address the concerns about Biden's age and the perceptions about his frailties is not to say, oh, Donald Trump's bad, too. I don't think that that's uh, I don't think that's a good enough retort. In my view. All right. Noam Layden is here. We'll see what he's got for us. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. 
Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Until you have heard the um, Frank Sinatra version of this song. Yes, there is a Frank Sinatra version of this song. This, though, is a birthday bumper music selection from a former firefighter, retired firefighter, and the head of the Laughter Saves Lives Foundation, John LaRocchia, a great guy who is celebrating his birthday today. Another great guy has just walked into the studio. Stand by for the other side of Midnight's News. Side of Midnight and its affiliated stations present national and international news with Frank Morano and news director Noam Layden. Their summary of the world news and personal comments. Get the rest of the story. First things first, Noam, any updates on our time traveler that says the world is going to hell in three years? No updates, but the videos, he had not made uh, videos recently, so the ones, I have to send you his information, but the Please, one yeah. that uh, where he was in the UK going to different stadiums and to big museums, that's still up there, but nothing more recent than that. So that was all from all last right. year, okay. the end of last year. All right. So What do you have for us today, Noam? Uh, so... A guy called as I was driving in this morning. I heard someone call in at 2.28 this morning. His name was Dennis. and he Eastern. Was Eastern time, yeah. And he was suggesting that there are no such thing as birds and that where do birds go at night? Excellent and question. I kind of thought that that was actually a fair question. I, I don't, I'm not conspiratorial enough to believe there's no such thing as birds. But I was curious where they go as night, at night as well. So when I walked in the door this morning here to the radio station, I said, let me look this up. And I went to a bunch of different sources so uh, just to get it right. And I kind of thought that maybe birds go to nests at night, and I was completely wrong at that. The only time birds are in nests is when they're taking care of young or getting ready for eggs to hatch. Otherwise, at night, birds find place to roost a lot of times alone. And they'll go to spots where they can't be eaten by prey. Hmm. So if you look when you leave your house in the morning, or you don't leave it in the morning, but most people, if you leave early in the morning, if you look to different areas of your roof, if there's little places where birds could get in, chances are you may have something that's living. You don't even notice it because they fly out right at early in the morning before, uh, you know, before sunlight. They'll go start doing their thing. But when it gets dark, usually birds will come to the exact same spot every single 
cool night. They have great sonar. So even birds that will fly south for the winter and then come back to the same spot, a lot of times they will find that exact same spot that they slept in even after going south and coming back north. Well, that is interesting, and I did not know that, and hopefully uh, Dennis is is listening and hears that. But why, seriously, if they have such great sonar— are are half a million of them flying into buildings and dying? It's an year. excellent question. And so there were some zoologists. So you're talking about Flacco the owl yeah. who died over the weekend, and the and the 450,000 other of his brethren. Yeah. Well, buildings are tall here in the city, and some of these zoologists have actually said, you know, what you should do is you should do the same thing you might do on a porch door, a porch glass door, is put stickers up. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that maybe they're asking I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to ask everybody to do that. But they thought is if there's something on that window that the bird can see before it runs into it, chances are it might survive and not slam into the window. You know, I used to know uh, Donald Trump a little bit uh, before he became president. And knowing me, the thing that I would spend most of my time talking to him about was Atlantic City. Right. So um, he would he did not like these windmills at all that they put up in Atlantic City after he left. But he would always point out that all these birds that would die in these windmills, and I always thought he was exaggerating, but it turns out, no. No. These windmills, just like these buildings, are killing all sorts of birds. And I wonder if there's some sort of adjustment or decal that they can put on those wind turbines as well. Yeah, there is something apparently they can do to the window itself. It's pretty expensive, so chances are it's not going to happen. But they say stickers might help. So if you're somebody who's concerned about birds and you live in a (sighs) high-rise building, put a sticker on your window. Any, All of them, by the way, not just, you know, go around to your apartment and put them all on every single window (laughs) might help. Uh, But yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that number either. So many had died. AT&T, you know, we were talking about them on Friday. They had that outage on Thursday that lasted for hours on end. Uh, Over the weekend, they've been trying to make up for everything they did wrong. They put out a whole bunch of statements that filled my email box. Uh, We apologize for Thursday's network uh, outage. We recognize the frustration this outage has caused. We know we let many of our customers down, blah, 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 blah. And then they go on to say that they're going to reward those customers in a huge way. Uh, each one of those customers will get five bucks added to uh, taken away from their bill. So you will get five bucks for that f- day of frustration, which uh, for a lot of people was more than just frustration. You know, they were going to a job interview. They were going to meet somebody, whatever it was. They weren't able to communicate with them during the course of that day. I think uh, $5 is insulting. Uh, you know, Matt uh, said, and I agree with him, that a month free is an appropriate compensation for that right five dollars is it's a rounding error it is it seems a little crazy ridiculous uh, better almost not to give them anything exactly yeah right nasa searching for a a second round of volunteers to take part in this project that's aimed at discovering what it'll be like to live on mars something uh, maybe you'd be interested in doing i don't think you can do the radio show from there but earlier this month they announced that they're looking for more volunteers who would be willing to live in this uh, fake version of mars inside nasa's johnson space center they need four people you would live in this 1700 square foot simulation called mars dune alpha which is a 3d printed habitat and uh you'll live there for an entire year so you'd have to give up a year of being away from your family or friends and uh so it's four people in all it would begin in 2025 you have to be between the ages of 30 and 55 you will get some sort of compensation but it's not like a full-time salary you'll just get some sort of nominal fee that they haven't quite worked out yet and crew selection is going to happen soon Uh, It works along the same way as crew selection does for a NASA astronaut. So you have to have some sort of degree in engineering, math, biology, or one of the other sciences. So you can carry out some of experiments in this fake Mars. And they will make it and simulate what it would be like, they think, to be in Mars. So there'll be moments where you won't be able to communicate with loved ones or people back at the NASA Space Center. Uh, You'll eat like they think you'll eat on Mars. 
and uh, they want you to commit a year, so they don't want you after, you know, it's not like Survivor or uh, Big Brother. Or even you the can... reality show Stars on Mars. Oh, is there... Did you I... see that? No, it, it was that. not very good, but Shatner hosted it, so I watched. But basically what they would do is they had these celebrities do a reality show in a Mars-like environment. Oh, with Different challenges and stuff. It's much better in concept than it was in execution, but, uh, but, but you, it was a similar kind of barren landscape well, out there. You know, it's funny. I reached out to them. And I did not hear back when I saw this. And I said, hey, you know, is there room for a reality show here? Would you put cameras up? So even if you don't have narration or any sort of anything, can we just sit and watch what they're doing all day? I haven't heard back because I think that would be great. I, so do I. I don't think they're going to go for that, though. No. All right. Uh, you want one more? Yeah, please. Uh, this interesting service in China that has gotten huge, and I wonder if it'll happen in traffic-riddled cities here in New York. They started this last year, and it just gets bigger by the day. The service is called Jam Busting, and it's in Beijing where traffic is just a nightmare. I mean, you can sit on streets for 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes at a time to go a block, and people are just go crazy because they're trying to get to a doctor's appointment or trying to get to work. And so the service began in the summer. They didn't think it would take off, but it has. And what happens is uh, you can have someone drive up to your car. You tell them where you are. You communicate through an app. They drive up to your car on a motorcycle. You get out of your car and get onto the motorcycle. (laughs) There's then somebody who's on the motorcycle. So two people are on the motorcycle when they pull up. The second person gets behind the wheel of your car. You get onto the motorcycle. They weave through traffic and they get you to where you're going. And then they deliver your car to your workplace, to your home, wherever you may go. $65 it'll cost you. But, uh, they didn't think it would take off, but it is huge. They cannot keep up with the demand of people who are trying to access the service. And so they've now tried, they've raised rates for the people who work doing this service to get more people in the door, but they can't get enough people in the door to do it because so many people want this service. That is incredible. And, you know, speaking of China, for all the traffic issues they have, they have been a worldwide leader in high-speed rail, and I wish the United States would follow their lead in this a bit, because uh, by the end of last year, the they have completed over 28,000 miles of high-speed rail, and almost every major city in China is now connected with this high-speed rail. You can get everywhere in the country via rail very quickly, and that's something we're not doing in this country. Yet. Oh, and we're not even close. I mean, no. to go from uh, here to Washington, D.C. still takes you like three and a half it's, hours it's on the train. It's crazy, and yeah. uh, no reason that should be the case. Thank you, No. Sure. And now you know the rest of the story. 15 seconds of fame in a moment. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano.
The great Andy B, the late great Andy B, singing one of our theme songs. A lot to get to tomorrow. Uh, the former governor of Minnesota, Tim Pawlenty, is scheduled to be here. And I believe we're going to chat with Tom Likas tomorrow as well. But first, we're going to get... Oh, um, you know, the other thing is uh, next month we are slated to take Carmine, our two-year-old, to Disney World for the first time. And I'm curious if anyone else has taken a two-year-old to Disney, what the best things to do with them are, right? I mean, obviously, you got the small world ride and other things, but uh, if you've been with a two-year-old, not something you've read in a guidebook or online, and something, an attraction or something really worked, let me know. Email me, frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. Meantime, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be heard for 15 seconds as part of... Other side of midnight. This is 15 seconds of fame. Jay! Mama Luke, you're a Mama Luke. Neil! Oh, sorry. This is Ray. Yeah, this is Ray. Comparing Trump to Biden is ridiculous. Trump talks for hours on end. With a, he mixed up a couple names. Biden can't even talk for a minute. Well, that's, uh, that's fair. Pamela! Uh, those who follow the Democratic Party are a cult. Equal time. <laughs> Rick. The reason the White House dogs keep biting everybody is the drug sniffers. <laughs> Charles. Ten men show up for an interview for a lumberjack position. Nine of them strong and tall, 300 pounders. One little Jewish guy weighing 95 pounds. The interview says, what are you here for? The guy says, for the lumberjack position, he says, what's your experience? He goes, hey, Charles, we missed the punchline. We, we missed the punchline. What is it? He, he asked the, the Jewish guy. Charles, wait, guys, stop touching buttons. Charles, we're missing the punchline again. No, no, the, no, the guy's back there. Go ahead. Okay. Nine guys are strong and tall for the interview position for a lumberjack. One Jewish guy weighing 95 pounds soaking wet. The interviewer says, what are you here for? He goes to the lumberjack position. What's your experience? The guy says, Sahara Forest. He goes, you mean Sahara Desert? He goes, sure, now. (laughs) I'm glad I put in the effort to hear that. Frank Morano, good day. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.